Can the difference in rates of profit make up for the inverse difference in wages? This is Emmanuel's attempt to, in other words, to say, no, they cannot. And he will use a couple of formulas to prove that. The general formula for the profit of a branch, I, is PI is equal to the sum of M, M being the surplus value, K being the capital invested in the branch. So the general formula for the profit P of a branch I is equal to the sum of surplus value times the capital invested in that branch and all divided by the sum of capital invested. In other words, the specific capital invested in a branch is multiplied by the general sum of surplus value, which is itself being put in relation to the sum of capital invested in general. How we achieve the specific profit for a specific branch is by relating all of the surplus value being produced to the capital of a particular branch divided by the total capital. We could rewrite this formula as the sum of M times a specific capital, Ki, divided by the sum of capital in total. This is some ratio here multiplied by the sum of all surplus value. So it is a particular ratio of capital to all capital multiplied by all surplus value. The ratio of a particular amount of capital to all of the surplus value produced. That is to explain exactly what this is because otherwise you lose track of some of the concepts being explained here. The profit at the end of the day is just what you get when you have a particular amount of capital out of the whole of capital interacting with some supply of surplus value, taking advantage of some sum of surplus value to achieve profit for a capitalist. Then we have the formula for the price of production. This should look familiar, but of course he's changed. He's also adding I as a sub number in order to express it as for a particular branch, I. It's C plus V plus P. In other words, this would be K for Marx, but this is cost price would be expressed as K, but we're using K for capital and P for profit. Or the formula for profit that we have above, which is relayed here and put in the place of P. C, of course, is constant capital and V, the wages paid out or variable. If we only have two branches, A and B, and we assume that the rate of wages, or V, is higher in A by a coefficient R, and the rate of profit, or P, higher in B by a coefficient of Q, then the variable capital of branch A will be greater than the variable capital of branch B, and the variable capital of branch A divided by the variable capital of branch B will equal R, which is some coefficient. R, therefore, just represents the difference in wages.
the difference in V. And P, the rate of profit for branch A, equals well, that general formula that we had above is now the sum of surplus value, the sum of surplus value for both branches A and B multiplied by the capital invested in A over the capital invested in A and the capital invested in B multiplied by whatever the quotient is, Q, that is the difference between the rates of profit in both branches. And the profit of B would be similarly the sum of sum of M, the sum of the surplus value in branches A and B multiplied by the capital invested in B, which is capital multiplied by the co the coefficient Q, which is which simply indicates that the capital invested in B is greater than that invested in A, all over the sum of all capital invested. If, in order to exclude the influence of organic composition, we assume that the capitals invested are equal, we shall have the rate of profit for A. So, when we're talking about Q here, Q being the difference in P, or the rate of profit, Q is not necessarily part of the capital invested, it's just something multiplied by the amount of capital invested to get a different amount of capital, which would be what is being put into branch A, that amount, and that being relational to Q, in this case is representing the difference between the rate of profit. It's not the difference between the capital invested in branches A and B. Therefore, Q multiplied by the capital in B, this is not the case, that Q multiplied by capital B equals capital A. That's not what he's saying. He's actually saying that Q times P of B is equal to P of A, and therefore we've had to multiply Q into both the numerator and the denominator of this equation. If in order to exclude the influence of organic composition, we assume that the capitals invested are equal. In other words, Ka is equal to K of B. There's no difference in capital invested. Nevertheless, Q is still going to factor into the numerator here because it's just representing, if we took all of this out, this here above. The Q is simply the difference between the rate of profit for B and the rate of profit for A. These are the two unknowns that Emmanuel is trying to figure out here, the difference between the rate of profit and wages. If, as we just indicated above, we reduce all of this out from the what's equal uh, in both of these, we are nevertheless left with PB equals QA. So there's some coefficient that you multiply the rate of profit for A by, and that will give you PB. And as Emmanuel immediately says,
the profit rate for branch B will be higher than the profit rate for A, as Q is assumed to be higher than unity, i.e. Q is greater than 1. Therefore, when we multiply that, multiply this together, this is going to be greater. The, the rate of profit for branch B will be greater than the rate of profit for branch A. On the other hand, he says, the rate of profit for branch A plus the rate of profit for branch B is simply going to be what we had above being added to each other. K, QK plus K and what's equal in both the sum of M or sum of surplus value divided by K plus QK. In other words, both capitals invested multiplied by the sum of surplus value, the total capital divided by the total capital. In that case we can simplify and what we're left with is that the rate of profit for branch A and branch B is equal to the sum of surplus value for branch A and branch B. The sum of profits is equal to the sum of surplus value, which is the basis of Marx's formula for the transformation of value into price of production, Pr surplus value being abstracted to equal profit and the sum of profits. Price of production for branch A will therefore be constant capital in branch A plus variable capital in branch A plus profit P for branch A. You could also write PA. In this case, he just simplifies to P. And price of production for branch B will be constant capital branch B plus variable capital branch B plus QP or PB, but we know that that is simply equal to PA times Q, so we can just simplify that to be Q. If in order to measure the respective influence of wages and profits, which is our objective here, we want to measure which is more important in the grand scheme of things for creating the inequality of exchange, we assume that the constant capital consumed is equal in the two branches then in order that the difference in profits may make up for the inverse difference in wages, it is necessary, organic composition having already assumed to be equal, that the prices of production for A and B shall be equal. Thus we have the constant capital of branch A plus the variable capital of branch A plus profit. They essentially just put these two as equal to each other. These two above become equal. And we know that constant capital the machinery invested is equal throughout. We can thus write this as the variable capital of branch A plus profit for branch A is equal to the variable capital for branch B plus Q, some coefficient, times P, which is the rate of profit. In other words, the variable capital invested in branch A minus the variable capital invested in branch B is equal to the profit invested in branch B minus the profit invested in branch A. This is essentially amounting to saying that the difference in wages between 
branches A and B, and the difference in profits between the two is of a different magnitude between the two branches. What's equal, what is greater in branch A for wages is lower in branch A for profits and vice versa for branch B. It would also be possible to write the variable capital of branch A minus the profit of branch B is equal to the variable capital of branch B minus the profit of branch A. Consequently, if the variable capital of branch A plus the variable capital of branch B, that is the sum of V or the sum of all wages is greater then the sum of profits in both branches, then n is greater than zero. That is to say, if the greater disparity, right, if wages in branch A minus profit in branch B, which are the two greater numbers, is greater than the disparity, that is to say, if the sum of wages is greater than the sum of profits invested, then n will be greater than zero. Whereas, Emmanuel says, if the sum of v is less than the sum of p, the sum of variable capital, or all of the wages put in, are less than all of the profits, then n is less than zero and is negative. In either case, n can be used to help us determine which sum is of a greater magnitude. In all cases, the variable capital of branch A minus n will equal the profit of branch B, and the variable capital of branch B minus n will equal the profit of branch A. What does this mean? Essentially, whatever number n is giving us the difference between variable capital and the rate of profit or the profit for a specific branch. If that number is positive, that means that wages are higher. And if that number is negative, it means that profits are higher. Thus, it is possible to write variable capital in branch A minus some number n over variable capital in branch B minus some number n is equal to the rate of prof the profit in branch B over the profit in branch A. We know, however, that if to a fraction in which the numerator is greater than the denominator, we add an equal sum to both numerator and denominator, then the value of the fraction is reduced. While if we subtract an equal sum, the value of the fraction is increased. Consequently, if n is positive, that is, if the sum of wages is greater than the sum of profits, then the ratio between, which is the same as, variable capital in branch A divided by variable capital in branch B is less than variable capital in branch A minus N 
over variable capital in branch B minus N. And we replace that number in accordance with what we have with this, this some difference of the wages being equal to the amount of profits. Then we have variable capital of branch A over or in relation to variable capital over branch B, variable capital in branch B being less than the ratio between profit. This is essentially amounting to say that if the ratio between the wages or R is less than the ratio between profits or Q in accordance with three, three above as we had here, variable, the ratio between the two variable capitals or the ratio between wages equals to R. Essentially, if N is positive, then R is less than Q. If the difference between some number N is positive, i.e. if, as we established above here, if the sum of wages is greater than the sum of profits, then that means that the ratio between these two wages will be less than the ratio between profits, or the disparity between wages will be less than the disparity between profits for the two branches. If n is negative, we can more or less do the exact same thing as we did this process of elimination where the comparison of variable capital is greater than the comparison of variable capital minus some number which is equal to the comparison of rates of profit. That is to say if n is negative then r is greater than q or the ratio between wages is greater than the ratio of profits in the two branches. If n equals to zero, that is to say the sum of wages is equal to the sum of profits, then the disparity between the two, there is no disparity. R is equal to Q. There is no coefficient. The difference between the two coefficients, there is no difference. And the ratio of wages and profits invested is exactly equal. As, however, the sum of profits is equal to the sum of surplus value, M, in accordance with 4 and 5, by substituting on both sides, we get that if the sum of variable capital is equal to the sum of surplus value, then R is equal to Q. If the sum of variable capital is greater than the sum of surplus value, then R is less than Q. The ratio between wages is less than the ratio between profits, or the disparity is less than that. And if variable capital, the sum of variable capital in all branches is less than the sum of surplus value, then R is greater than Q, i.e. 
if there is a higher amount of surplus value being produced than there is of variable capital being inputted, then the ratio between the amounts of variable capital or wages being inputted is greater than that of the disparity or ratio between the amounts of profit. As we have these above, right, if what is on top, let's say if the rate of surplus value or the, let's say if the sum of surplus value is one and the sum of variable capital is 10, then, then R is less than Q, but then Q has to be equal to 10, has to be inversely proportional. If the average rate of surplus value is higher than one, that is, if this is greater, if this numerator, if this fraction is greater than one, like it's two over one, that means that this is greater than this, and then therefore R is greater than Q. The ratio between rates of profit can be lower than the ratio between wages. Q can be lower than R. If the average rate of surplus value is lower than one, like here, like in this example, the ratio between rates of profit Q must be higher than the ratio between rates of wages or R. Since in practice the average rate of surplus value is not higher than one, I normally the rate of surplus value, which is the rate of exploitation, is not higher than one. It's not higher than 100%. It is sum of m over sum of v is less than one or 100%. It would be necessary if compensation is to occur for the rate of profit in the low wage country to bear at least the same proportion to the rate of profit in the high wage country as the higher rate of wages bears to the low one. So Q should at least be equal to R, at least. And if Q is greater than R, that can possibly indicate at this stage compensation. But Emmanuel rebukes this when we think of the differences between rates of wages that exist in the world today, we see at once that it is illusory to rely on compensation through a positive difference in the rate of profit in the underdeveloped countries, even supposing that such a difference even exists. As we've established throughout, most of the time there's a average rate of profit that exists and there's no discrepancies like this between wage between rates of profit there are discrepancies when we think of these differences in my example given in the previous paragraph in which the wages in a are assumed to be five times as high as in b for the prices of production to remain what they are with wages and profits equal it would have been necessary given equality in organic composition for the rate of profit in b to be five times the rate of profit in A. When wages are five times higher, 
profits, the rate of profit in B needs to be five times the rate of profit in A. These are only very moderate parameters. Wages in A are only five times as high as in B. If they were, say, ten times as high, as often happens in reality, it would be necessary that in order that compensation might be affected for the rate of profit in B to reach even more unrealistic heights. Emmanuel gives us this example where wages and rates of profit are unequal and shows that in order to have an equivocal price of production, there would need to be a disparity with rates of profit unequal if the difference between wages is going to be five times the difference, there would need to be not only a difference in surplus value that five, five times is different, what we can see that is remarkable is that the rate of surplus value for country B, say a low wage country, 100 over 20 would mean the rate of surplus value or the rate of exploitation is 500%. That essentially means that every one hour that is worked, five hours are unremunerated. Therefore, the rate of profit would need to be five times different. The rate of profit would need to be eight and one-third percent for country A and 41 and two-thirds percent, which is five times eight and one-third for country B. And this is, of course, highly unrealistic that such a high amount of profit would be produced for country B.